The following is a production of WEGL 91.1 FM. That ball is gone. It's a walk-off home run for Stephen Williams. WEGL Sports. The Tigers are headed to the College World Series. Where every touchdown of Game. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Live. Welcome to another edition of the Extra Point here on WEGL 911 and WEGLFM.com. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillard, and joining me from wherever they may be is Davis Carroll, Alex Houston, and Jack Hart. Now, before well, before we do anything, I want to do one thing uh, before we get started with the show, and you know, just see how everybody is doing. Okay, are you guys are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Do you know what we need to do? Not really. Gonna throw something at me again? How's he gonna do that? Honestly, if I could, I would. But first, we need to sing happy birthday for a certain birthday boy. (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. Jerry was yesterday. Are you I don't care. Are you ready? I'm not. I'm not really sure if I want to hear you and Davis harmonize. So Jack's also harmonizing. Yeah, Jack has a. I mean, I'm sure voice. Jack's got a killer singing voice. It's just the. Jer issue. was on the Christmas album. Pretty sure Jack was too. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yes, you mention it every single time. Davis, I lead us off. No, I don't want to lead it off. Jack, oh, lead us God. off. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alex. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, guys. That was that was perfect. What? How old are you? I'm 20. He's 16. Unfortunate. So I'm. We'll get him next year, boys. I'm about 40 years younger than you, Jared. All right. Ah, that's let's, a let's, funny one. Let's calm Jared's down. old. That's funny. Let, let's calm down. Hey, David, shut up. All right, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right. So, welcome inside the Extra Point here on WGL911 and WGLFM.com. Hello, everybody. Jared Dillard. Davis, how you doing this fine morning? A little tired, but just chilling in my... My horse kind of cold because it's kind of chilly outside, so that's good. Uh, Alex, how about you? After yeah, that... Beautiful rendition that we did. You know, yeah, I was actually doing pretty good before that, you know. My fantasy team won yesterday, and I got to watch The Prestige last night. Very good movie. 10 out of 10 would recommend. But Don't know the movie. Jack, how about you? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Jared. It continues to be unseasonably cool. I'm a little... Making me a little nervous. Something's happening. Something's up. Something's brewing. So, so, something is changing in the weather. Uh, I mean, wait, isn't it... Isn't it officially fall today, or am I wrong on that? Uh, yes, it is. Did the <laughs> groundhog do something? <laughs> I mean, it's the first day of fall, boys. This is just heating us up for 85 degrees. That means now that 
the fall is here, I can finally go back to wearing jackets normally because I obviously don't do that already. So. I can wear sweatpants outside without people judging me now. Do people judge you when you wear sweatpants outside? When it's like 90 degrees out, yeah. That's like half the Auburn University like student base that does that on a normal day. I feel like half is wearing AFCOs, and I'm part of that half, I'm not going to lie. Well, nobody said you had good fashion taste, but let's go ahead and open up the show. Uh, Let's go ahead and start first thing first with Monday Night Football as the Las Vegas Raiders christened their Death Star with a win, taking down one of the NFC's best teams in the New Orleans Saints. 34-24, to Derek Carr having a field day, and uh, it all was capped off by a Daniel Carlson field goal. That put it out of reach. And the Raiders don't blink, but they are 2-0. and And I have to wonder uh, how far this win will carry that franchise that, you know, needed a little bit of boost. Uh, because they, they seem like they were always middling uh, in, the, in the middle of the road. Not sure which way they were going to fall. But this is a big win for this Raiders franchise. What are the initial reactions from the Raiders win? Um, I mean, me personally, my initial reaction is always that, like, the first three weeks of the NFL season are always just totally out of whack and up in the air and rarely an indication of how things are actually going to end up sometimes. Because, I mean, every year there's always these games in the beginning of the year that just don't make any sense. Like, the Saints should not have lost to the Raiders, like, without Michael Thomas or not, they shouldn't have lost to them. And... I don't know. And it's like it's like the Cardinals beating the 49ers last week. Like, I know Conor Murray's good, and that team is obviously has a good offense. They still probably shouldn't have won. That's just You're just how... saying that because they beat Washington. No, not at all. Car- the, Cardinals, the Cardinals should have beat Washington no matter what because Washington has no offense whatsoever. That, that's a given. But, I mean, and now, you know, with the ACL injuries taking out multiple key players, this season is going to continue to be in flux. The Giants are probably going to end up being the worst team in the league this year. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. The, the Jets kind of have that under wraps, I feel like. Yeah, I, I agree, though, with what you're saying about there's always a few games that aren't indicative of a team's performance. Uh, yeah. I think last year's uh, the Colts-Chiefs game jumps to mind, um, as well as Maybe last year, maybe two years ago, when the Lions beat the Patriots out of nowhere, I really was high on the Lions after that one, and they've won maybe four games since then. Yeah, I mean, I could I could pull out an anecdote about, you know, my team, but that you guys are always going to get on my neck, even though it's a valid example. Washington one year did start 3-1, then they finished 1-11. So, you know, it's – the first four hey, games are a little rough. As the prophecy foretold, Washington still sucked. Yeah, no, that's – Congratulations. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, those first those first four games, people were kind of shook. And then, you know, people were over that Rex Rosen was their quarterback, and that kind of ended. Well, to be fair... Wait, Rex Rosen was the Super Bowl quarterback. Stop. Stop. To be fair to this Raiders team, we'll figure out how good they are when the next three games are New England, Buffalo, Kansas City, and then they take on Tampa Bay after those three. So they, def- they definitely don't have an easy stretch. Probably one of the hardest stretches that you can find in in, in the NFL. But uh, turning it over to the Saints, uh, 
I mean, it was an okay performance. I mean, Drew Brees, one touchdown, one interception. He threw for 300 yards, but that's for par for Drew for Drew Brees. But it was a lot of it was a lot of checkdowns, a lot of short passes, as we've seen lately. So I think he's nearing at least the end of his career, at least as you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's still he still is a good quarterback, but he also has a very good offense around him. But that offense does not function extremely well. Um, without Michael Thomas to receive those slants and checkdowns. Yeah. Uh, Davis, I mean, how bad are the Saints missing Michael Thomas right now? I mean, yeah, they're just missing their leading slant catcher, so. Or their lead trash talker as well. But, yeah, I mean, behind him, they didn't really have Emmanuel Sanders, but he's not going to get the job done as well as Michael Thomas, who flexes every time he gets the first down. I thought it was extremely surprising that Emmanuel Sanders did not touch the ball until the fourth quarter. He didn't? He didn't get a reception until the final drive uh, in garbage time after the Daniel Carlson field goal. That is very odd. And that that's crazy Art. for a Saints team that usually shares the ball very well. Yeah, maybe yeah. the drive before, but it was definitely uh, after the Raiders. I think it was the Ra- Raiders punting up seven was that way Emmanuel hmm. Sanders first time he caught a ball up over the middle which yeah it it, it 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 the progressions of Drew Brees seem a little off without Michael Thomas and perhaps maybe his limited physical ability I think it's safe to say right now that the NFC South is easily not the worst division in the NFL but it's probably mo- going to be the most chaotic division in the NFL because with the Panthers losing McCaffrey for an undisclosed amount of time, if I'm not mistaken. I three to four weeks. Three to four I weeks. I saw four okay, to so six that, weeks. So. Okay, so Again, let's so go with four. That's the common denominator. Un- undisclosed, undisclosed amount of weeks. The Falcons are quite possibly one of the most confusing teams on the face of the planet. Back-to-back weeks, again, that happened. The Saints looked awful against the Raiders, but also beat the Bucks. It, The NFC South is probably going to be the most difficult division to evaluate this year. I mean, we know which one is still the worst, the East, but the South is probably going to be the toughest one to figure out who's really going to come out on top to maybe the final four weeks of the season. Mm. I mean, which other division just really has more competition that, I mean, you know, with you would say the West with the 49ers and the Seahawks and the Cardinals, but with who the 49ers just lost in injuries and the fact that the Seahawks look as good as they do, it's difficult to say that, anybody else is going to win that other than the Seahawks. I mean, if we're talking about competitive divisions, I feel like the AFC South has been like that for the past three years. Yeah, all of them are just subpar, so they... Yeah, that that's the thing. It's like, there's a difference. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, we're all competing to go 8-8 eight eight this year. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Well, like, one of us went 9-7? and seven? What? Like, innovation excites right there, guys. Like, no, it's not... I mean... It's like Jeff Fisher ruled in that. That... So, uh, since we're on the topic of Monday Night Football, uh, apparently Michael Thomas was tweeting during the game, (laughs) and uh, he deleted those tweets. Uh, One of them being, he spooked, and then another one pretty much just saying, might get ugly fast, LOL. That was after they went up 10 to nothing. Yeah. So, they've been scrubbed. Saints went up ten to nothing, and then before halftime, the Raiders scored scored twice to make it um, fourteen ten, I believe. Saints got another touchdown, make it seventeen fourteen, and then off of a turnover, I believe the Raiders made a seventeen seventeen all 
or maybe they got the, the field goal first in that order. So it was 17-17 at halftime after – it was a lot like the Iron Bowl where it was it was careening towards a really low-scoring game and then a combination of big plays and turnovers right before half gave both teams a quick touchdown. So it was 17-all at half. Raiders came out, got the ball, scored immediately to make it 24-17, which the score remained until the fourth quarter. They actually absolutely shut down Drew Brees in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, it was um, – it was all Raiders until the very end with about four minutes left. I believe the Saints scored again. Yeah, really, if you think about it, it's not that the, it's not that the Saints lost by 10. It's that after they shot out the cannon, they got outscored 34-14 to 14 by the Raiders of all teams. They, yeah, they, they came out swinging, and then their offense just sputtered for the, for the entire evening. And it was, it was a combination of, of Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs just pounding the rock that, you know, uh, on the broadcast last night, they kept using the term bell cow back, which is what, what uh, John Gruden is a term he used to, loves to use. And that's exactly what Josh Jacobs is becoming for the Raiders and John Gruden is that bell cow back. They can, a lot like Christian McCaffrey, where he just has a very high percentage of on the field snaps. So on any given play, there's a potential for him, or for Josh Jacobs to pick up the ball, receive it, take it, read option, play action, any kind of with, – with a dynamic offense, with Derek Carr looking as accurate as he did last night, which uh, there were questions about whether or not he had was able to continue success in the league. With, with what we saw from last night, it looks like that it's a dangerous backfield for uh, Las Vegas now. And when you factor in the new acquisition of Aguilar, uh, over-the-middle throws to Hunter Renfro and then maybe even a Jason Witten reception here and there, it's a pretty dynamic Oakland Raiders offense, or Las Vegas Raiders. I did it. No, um, you said it right the first time. Don't worry. It's hard to stop. Uh, speaking of Las Vegas, what, what was the – how did you guys like the look of the new stadium? I mean, I know there's no fans in it, but, I mean, it's a pretty it's, – it's very sleek. It's very nice looking. Very swanky. The big, the big window to the Las Vegas Strip is very cool. The, the wraparound scoreboards looked great. Uh, maybe it's because there was no fans, but when there was a, there was a touchdown scored, it looked like there were, the word touchdown was being emitted from maybe 400 different places in this around the stadium from all the wraparound video boards. It also looks really cool from the outside, um, right there next to the interstate. And it just looks like a flying saucer landed on uh, the Las Vegas Strip. And as well as they, they also have the retractable field that same as the Arizona Cardinals have in order to grow real grass inside in a way. And I believe that gets replaced with artificial turf for the running rebels of UNLV. So, I mean, the real winners of the situation is UNLV who now has that's, the coolest home stadium in college football. That's true. It'll never be full, but you know, it'll be cool. And never be full, but damn it, they're going to try. And they're going to try. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. I will say, I mean, the the Raiders stadium is good, but it still looks like a Roomba. Still looks like a Roomba. I mean, that's a cool-looking Roomba. I want a Roomba. I want a Roomba. You should get a Roomba. Get a DJ Roomba. My my house has, like, one step, like, you step down into different rooms, so the Roomba would just, like, fall on top of itself, trying to do stuff. It's really sad. You could do a flip. Yeah. If you could do a flip, then sure, but for right now, he won't be able to. Well, Monday Night Football in the books, that means 
Week two of the NFL season is over. Is it lights out already, Alex? Oh, okay. No, Week no, two no. of the NFL season is over, and that means we're looking on to Thursday Night Football. Uh, if you don't know, it is Dolphins-Jaguars on Thursday Night Football. Oh, God. Uh, Jaguars favored by three. We'll be talking about that on Thursday. That should be a fun game still, even though the, even though the Dolphins are 0-2. I think we all like Gardner Minshew enough to, to like the Jaguars. And oh, Absolutely. Fitzpatrick is memeable enough that we like him too. So, the fact that Minshew is like single with the rest of the scrubs on offense is single-handedly refusing the tank for Trevor plan is kind of funny. Like, the Jags are not gonna are probably not gonna be a playoff team this year just because they lack talent on the team, and Minshew's mania is probably gonna give out later in the year like it did last year, but. I mean, they're not going to, you know, get the number one pick, and they're going to be forced to probably keep Minshew a few more years, which I think will be interesting. I think, I think the Jaguars are content with Minshew. He didn't play; he he played great in Week One. He played great in Week Two. He's had a solid start. Now he has to keep it up, right? Yeah. But I think that I think that they're okay with uh, how he's played so far. I'm sure they're content with him, too. I'm just saying, going into this season, I think it was clear that they were literally just, like, they were a sinking ship and they were throwing everything off. They were like, what, do you want insert great former pro bowler for a seventh-round pick? Sure. Do you want our former first-round defensive pick for anything? Is what yeah, exactly. the Jaguars have done exactly. in the last, like, three years. Exactly. So it's like, that that was the indication of the organization to me that they were just going full rebuild. And then Minshew's like, but wait a minute, I'm still a decent quarterback. He has some turnover issues, sure, but he's still a good quarterback. Uh, so because I haven't heard Dalitz or Alex's uh take on what happened with the Falcons, uh, oh my, let's <laughs> let, let's talk about that. But first, I want to talk about uh, what Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, had to say about the onside kick. He oh, appeared no. on Sirius XM NFL Radio on Monday. Uh, he was talking about a book and he said, well, you think about it. Uh, well, you think about, do you want to respond out of doing something that's immediate and respond out of disappointment, that sadness, maybe anger, frustration, which all our fans felt. And I understand why, or think about how do we correct this? There's 14 more games to play in the season. We have a lot of games left to play. And how many of those are going to be, uh, comeback losses? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that's the thing is that win was – I mean, that was gifted to them. This Cowboys team is supposed to be great, and you could have put them at 0-2, a team that could potentially compete with the Falcons for a wild card spot, maybe. So you lose that opportunity. You yourself are 0-2, and again, that that's just – there's not really anything else he can say, you know, because he's not trying to be, you know, Jerry Jones edition owner where, you know – Anytime they lose, he just sits there and pouts for 20 minutes because that's his gimmick. So I get it, but it's still, I mean, yeah, it's bad. He he does have one aspect of Jerry Jones that people don't like, and that's hanging on the head coaches for a lot longer than he probably should. I saw a tweet from a Falcons fan page saying, the Falcons have done everything to remove the stench of the 28-3 loss, rebranding the uniforms, uh, new kicker, new defense, not, not, not new defense, um, new uniforms, new everything, new stadium, all that stuff. But they still haven't gotten the main uh, problem that caused the 28-3 loss. That's Being in Atlanta. No. Oh. I mean, he's not <laughs> I think, wrong, I just though. think it's – being in Atlanta is really what makes it is what I think. Something about it. I mean, 
Possibly, but I mean, or just look, in Georgia in general. The simple fact is that I mean, millions of people watching that game sat at home and yelled, "Go get the ball!" Because everybody knew that the receiving team can get the ball whenever they want. And they still just sat there and looked at it. I'm almost How do you half not convinced. know the rules of the onside kick? I think they weren't – yeah. I feel like they were waiting for the 10 yards because maybe they thought if they didn't go 10 yards, they'd get a flag or something. Davis, but – I'm just saying maybe they thought that. It's the that's, only way that's, I can justify no, it. That's clearly what they thought. The, problem, the, the question is how can you be such a moron to not know the basic rules If of your special kick? teams coach doesn't teach it to you – or they teach you wrong. That's what I was going to say is how can the special teams coach sit here, remain at his job and get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for that. I'm just Even though he's got the best onside kicker in the league in young way. He still should not be on the team after that. There's 11 people on that hands team. They need to check the bank accounts of all 11 of them because somebody had money somewhere on this game. That's exactly, that's exactly what happened. I mean, that was ridiculous. That really was. I mean, it was it was gift because the second I saw the kick, you know, roll at the to the, like five yards, I was like, it oh, even roll, it spin like a blade, like a Beyblade yeah. across the field. I was like, oh, it's over. The only thing I can take away from that is something that Hillman said yesterday is that maybe the Cowboys thought the ball wasn't even going to go ten yards, and we're just going to let the Cowboys get the illegal touching, but that still doesn't make very much sense. Exactly. Just it, it run the ball. To be fair, it does not look like it's going to go ten yards. It looks like it's going to yeah. go out of bounds. And and it maybe did. maybe Hayden Hurst just lost his bearings and didn't realize where out of bounds was. But at some point, you can just alleviate that entire situation by just picking up the dang ball. Exactly. I think that maybe what they thought is that none of them were confident enough they could get the ball without you know messing it up. Because once they touch it, the Cowboys can touch it however many times they want. And I think maybe that. You're, I think you're right in saying they thought it was, wasn't was going to go 10 yards, was going to go out of bounds. And I think they just were like, all right, you know. It's like um, – reminds me of uh, – never mind. I can't remember the play that I'm thinking of. Oops. But, uh, yeah. I, Alex, special teams coordinator for uh, Falcons, has been coach of a cut. And guess where he was before that? For the Washington. Wait, yeah. Don't no wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Show me a picture. Show me a picture. <laughs> oh my goodness. He looks like, he looks like a mix of Gene Chizik and somebody who's really upset. Like I Brian, thought that, isn't Gene Chizik always upset anyway? <laughs> I don't I know. That was he, a different guy. <laughs> Hold up. Let me let me look because he might have been in charge when Washington ran that swinging gate in like two thousand and ten. Now that was great special teams work. Let's see. Let me see that. And the other, the assistant used to work at the University of Hawaii, Rainbow Warriors. Hey, shout okay. out to Hawaii. In fairness, this special teams coordinator was actually like decent in Washington. So he has he has a he has a good track record. Before I mean, that. he was decent last year with the Falcons. That's true. I mean, I mean, yeah. he's been. He let's see because he's been in charge of Young Way Koo, the best onside kicker on the planet, and then obviously Washington has the best punter in the league, so he was in charge of that as well. So. He clearly has a good track record. He's also Ben Kovtrika is also known for uh, getting caught peeing in a Gatorade cup on the sidelines. <laughs> There's a picture of him doing it. <laughs> Wait, with with Washington, mind you. Okay, great. You know, I at first it didn't make sense, but now it does. Yeah, um, to put a to put a cap on 
NFL talk for week two. I guess let's just uh, run down the scores and get some, some final thoughts from you guys. Of course, we had um, the Thursday night game. Browns defeated the Bengals 35-30. to Joe Burrow leading passer, attempting 61 pass attempts. I think third most ever by a rookie. Nick Chubb, your leading rusher, and OBJ, your leading receiver, with four yards and a touchdown. The Panthers fell to the Bucks 17 to 31 off a late Leonard Fournette touchdown. He was your leading rusher. Rusher Teddy Bridgewater was your leading passer with 367 yards with two touchdowns. The Giants' last second effort for a touchdown came up short after a 10 uh, 10 point fourth quarter as they fell to the Bears in Soldier Field 13 to 17. Danny Dimes your leading passer there. David Montgomery your leading rusher. Of course, we've talked about the Cowboys. They came away with a one-point victory in Jerry's world after a 16-point fourth quarter and a 30-point second half. Ezekiel Elliott, your leading rusher. The Packers made the Lions fools once again as the Lions once again blew a multi-point lead. This time it was in the first half, not the second half. Matthew Stafford still somehow managed to be the leading passer, though. Aaron Jones comes away with two touchdowns. The Titans take the unabashed lead in the AFC South as they beat the Jags by three. Gardner Minshew, the leading passer, though, with 45 attempts and three touchdowns. James Robinson, your leading rusher there. The Colts all over the Vikes, 28-11. to Phillip Rivers, 19-25, 214 yards, one touchdown as they beat the Vikings, 28-11 to in the Colts' home opener. The Bills get a scare from the fish in Miami as the Buffalo Bills come out 31-28 over the Miami Dolphins. Josh Allen, your leading passer. Singletary, your leading rusher. And Stephon Diggs finally joining the party for 153 yards and a touchdown for Buffalo. Despite the infirmary on the sidelines, the 49ers beat the Jets 31-13. Sam Darnold, your leading passer there. And Mostert with a touchdown for San Francisco. The D-line is too much for Carson Wentz as the Rams beat the Eagles 37-19. Jared Goff, your leading passer there. Cooper Cup, five receptions, 81 yards. In the Steel City, the comeback is not completed as the Steelers overtake the Broncos 26-21. Ben Roethlisberger, leading passer there. Two touchdowns, but a few interceptions to boot. Cardinals double up the football team as Kyler Murray goes for 286 yards and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake rushes for 86 yards. The Chiefs go to overtime with the Chargers in SoFi Stadium. Justin Herbert, the leading passer, but Tyreek Hill is the leading receiver with 99 yards and a touchdown. The Ravens are all over the Texans, 33-16, down in the heart of Texas as Deshaun Watson passes for 275 yards and a touchdown, but only managed to score 16 points as the Ravens double up the Texans, and of course on Sunday Night Football, name a better combination than the Patriots and Seahawks on the one-yard line, as for the third straight time, it comes down to a goal-line stand by the defense as the Seahawks prevail this time. Cam Newton stopped on the final play as he went 30-44, passed for almost 400 yards and a touchdown, so excellent performance by Cam Newton on Sunday Night Football, and of course Monday Night Football, you had the newly minted Las Vegas Raiders in their newly minted stadium. Derek Carr signed to the wall. Always bet on black when you're in Vegas because Josh Jacobs went for 27 carries and 88 yards. So that was your NFL week two recap. So we can move on to bigger and brighter things. As it looks like Tony Romo is going to be calling that Patriots Raiders game on Sunday. So that's one to circle. 
And another big thing is that if we take a look at the extra point NFL pick'em standings, Alex is in first place at twenty-five and seven, uh, with a three-game cushion on Lucky. Bay. Bay is at twenty-two and ten. Me, Davis, and Devin are all tied at third at twenty-one and eleven. And then Jacob. That and shows Jack, you that that is that's what you should be at. <laughs> and then How does Jacob that make any Jack sense, Davis? Tied at twenty and twelve at six. Because the rest of the group doesn't know football. If the majority of people are at 21 and 11, then you are the outlier. That's because I'm superior. Because you're lucky. Because I'm superior. Alex, you better be careful what you you say here. After this next week. Let's let's see. If we break it down week by week. Oh, I'm going to choke next week. Make no mistake about it. Exactly. I'm going to use that against you. Uh, If you make a big old take, I'm going to use it against you. It looks like Jared. I have some news. Real it looks quick. like Alex has picked twelve games right or thirteen games right each uh, each week. So, or twelve like, and thirteen. Excuse me. So many games next week are a trap. Like Chicago versus Atlanta. Oh, I already yeah. know the answer to that game. And then like Buffalo versus LA. Like even though Josh Allen looks like he's been the you know second best quarterback in football right now, do do you want to pick him? Do you really? I mean, there's a lot more difficult games to pick next week than there were this week, so we could all struggle. Davis, you said you had something? Do you remember what I said at the beginning of quarantine when we were in on our Zoom calls? What? What? No. That I said I'd be okay as long as Bobby Schmurda got out. Is Schmurda out? New. No. Oh, damn. Parole has been denied. <laughs> He's released in 2021 now. Oh. So I'm not okay anymore. It's now downhill from here. I like how September 22nd, I got that right, is this is when it started going downhill because Shmurda got his parole denied. Shmurda has been denied parole. Oh, no. What did he do? Before I say free Bobby Shmurda, what did he do? <laughs> his big song. You know his big song. I'm not going to say the name of it. Yeah. He snitched on all his boys in that. And then he also snitched on himself for uh, gang violence, basically. Gun possession, gang violence, intimidation, and all that mm. stuff. Well, that's but free that Bobby, a smart man. move. Maybe, he has some maybe, good songs. Maybe he, maybe he shouldn't get out because maybe he's safer well, the, on the other side. I don't think he actually killed anyone. Oh, that's, not, that's not what I'm... I think people may like after him. That's what I'm saying. Okay, but Y'all, no, because he's going to release more is, bangers. This... Uh, he has some good songs, dog. Do you not remember every other famous singer that was killed by like their fans or people that didn't like them? I mean, like Bobby's actually in them streets a little bit, so oh my. it might come down to that. All right, let's. Uh... Oh, that's it. No, nope. I could talk about Bobby Schmurder for an hour, honestly. Let's, let's not. Then let's not. Let's, let's not. not. Uh, we want you to. Let's. Alex, have you listened to either of his songs? His it's, big ones. It, I don't. Let's please stop. Let's move on to a little bit of college basketball news. Pretty much, in a nutshell, uh, they are moving a lot of the non-conference invitationals to Orlando. Uh, at least ESPN is. Uh, eight of the uh, uh, non-conference tournaments, including uh, the Champions Classic, the Charleston Classic, the Myrtle Beach Invitational, the NIT Season Tip-Off, the Wooden Legacy, the Orlando Invitational, the Jimmy V Classic and the Diamond Head Classic. If you need an update on which one Auburn is in, 
Auburn is in the Orlando Invitational, along with Belmont, Boise State, Gonzaga, Michigan State, Siena, St. Louis, and Xavier. Are they doing a bubble for that? I heard like a I mean, report about that. If they're moving it to the same place that they're doing the NBA playoffs, I assume that is a bubble at that they point. They get to go to Disney? What? Yeah, they get to go to Disney. I mean, but... They get to eat the yummy bubble food. I yeah. mean, for, for, for some teams, like the Charleston Classic, which were like Florida State, Houston, Tennessee, and, and all of them are at, I mean, I feel like that's an upgrade to go from Charleston to Disney, right? But then for other locations, um, Maui's not on here. Maui's not moving yet, it seems. Hey, Jared? What? Um... Actually, we can do it when we get to college football. Never mind. Just that... teed him up for nothing. Yeah, you... <laughs> Bro, you me up. It was a timeout. It was a timeout. I was going to ask you guys, it looks like the CFB pick is different than the ones you actually sent out on the Google form. What do you mean? I don't remember picking Tennessee and South Carolina. That's because that's this week. I already no. updated them. But I, you sent them out like on Sunday. Well, and I, I did I them. Yeah, I you didn't. did. No, I did not. Where? I didn't get them. Yeah. Bro, you, sh- you slipping. Alex, are, what you, are, you, are you okay? Man, quarantine got pick- you messed up. No, hold on, hold on. Did you just get hold scammed up. by a fake Jared to do a pick Hold, up. hold, yeah, did, hold did up. Did he say he was a Nubian prince? I mean, I know Stop I'm beautiful, it. but damn. <laughs> Someone Stop did that it. to me on Instagram. I straight up deleted. <laughs> yep. Wait, wait, wait. What the... I'm, I'm telling you right now, Alec, this morning I got up at 5 a.m. my time and I went ahead and changed the Google form to week. It says week three at the top. Are you okay? Alex got scammed. Hold up. Did you have to put your credit card Look. information for it? <laughs> on... Okay, this doesn't make any sense because I remember doing this and picking some of these games. No, no, you don't. I promise I, you, I didn't get a any dream or something. No, because I, I, me- I remember, I remember looking up the uh, Army versus Cincinnati game before I picked that one. No, you're thinking of of a different game. You're thinking of like. No, I, I swear, I looked that one up because I was like, I didn't you know probably, they were both. Are you thinking of Navy up, Tulane, another academy no. school? I'm did telling you, you guys, dream I, this, Alex. I don't know, but I'm telling you, I did. How How did you pick a game that hasn't happened yet, Alex? I don't remember when I picked it, but I remember doing. Are it. you from the future? I mean, I got no problem picking it again. I just could have sworn that you, I did You turned 20, and either you developed dementia overnight, or the CTE has just gotten to you. I thought I was bad. Or, wait, Jared, your, your theory about multiple realities, Alex might be unhinged in the space time. Oh, snap. This is a different Alex we're talking to. <laughs> this is Alex from a few days forward in time. I this promise is, you. This is an Alex where Jared released the. That's the so weird. Instead of today. That is so. I, no, because I did. I picked Auburn, Kentucky, and I was like, "Yep, is no, Auburn really going to win?" Not. You no, I you did. did not. Bro, check. Oh check, wait, check wait, the, wait, Check the recordings. Never check mind. the actual I, shows. I messed up. It's all good. I messed up. That's my bad. Mm. I know what happened, but I'm, I'm not going to explain it. But I know what happened. You know, yesterday. When I was depressed sitting in a corner in my house, and I thought to myself, <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, if the Weagle Cinematic Universe was actually real, who would everybody Cinematic. Be? That's what I said. You said cinematic. Cinematic, cinematic. I can, I can say whatever I want in my house, okay? 
if the Weagle Cinematic Universe was real and everybody had to be somebody, Alex, I'm convinced that you are who you dressed up as almost a year ago as the Joker. You're just in it as him. <laughs> I mean, I, we we do live in a society. We do. Don't oh, don't wow, do Bob that's, and that's very timely, right Alex. Are you okay, Alex? Are we done? I think I'm good. I'm sorry about that, no, everybody. Alex, I was just, I was I having a serious. You tee me up over that. That better have been a flavor one. It was one. a time out. It was in an angle. This is yeah. Though. This is tea. This is time out. It's fair. I guess it doesn't. Actually, I think it might be up to the might be up to the ref. So this could be tea. I'm about to say it could be, but it wasn't. I'm sorry. But that, wait, don't, we need to get Jacob in here. He's in sports officiating. That's true. Jacob is a pro. Jacob is asleep. Because he doesn't want to deal okay, with it so right now. So is Alex not unhinged in time like I thought? No, he still no, is. Dude, probably not. That's we need lame. To, we need to move on before we go deeper into a rabbit hole that I just don't want to get into right now. Yeah. Jack even tried to keep us on center, and then I totally took us off base again. I'm sorry about that. As is tradition. All right, going or on less. to... Uh, college football. We, well, I mean, we, we hit it. We might as well just go with it now. Uh, the SEC starts back up this week. Uh, in our pick'em, Davis does lead everybody with a record of eleven and eight because we are absolute trash right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm just better than everybody else, like Alex. In, fair- in fairness, the last two last week was a very a lot of teams that I didn't think were going to lose. They just did. That's why those crazy I mean, picks. That's win how sometimes. it works. That's why that, just no, the cra- insane lot, sometimes. There were a lot of upsets. A lot of upsets. Uh, last week. Uh, Davis led the way. He was six and three. Uh, keep in mind, one game was postponed. That's why everybody only has nine games counted for. Uh, Davis went six and three. Uh, let's see, Alex went five and four. I went five and four. Jack went three and six, along with Jacob who went three and six. Uh, not great, but everybody's pretty much in the same area. I mean. Me and Bear tied at ten and nine. Alex and Jack are tied at nine and ten, and Jacob is at eight and eleven. Who's just done a horrible job at picking in general. Uh, That's yeah. embarrassing. He's struggling. He is. He's struggling hard. Um, but SEC football is coming back this week. Uh, our current slate of games to pick. We're doing eleven this week to make up for one last week. The makeup game this week is NC State versus Virginia Tech, and then the regular ten that we're gonna pick. Tennessee at South Carolina, Louisville at Pitt, Army at Cincinnati, West Virginia at Oklahoma State, Georgia Southern at Louisiana, Troy, Alabama represent, at BYU, Florida State at Miami, Texas at Texas Tech, Florida at Ole Miss, and the extra point game of the week, uh, not surprising at all, Kentucky at Auburn. So it should be a fun one when it comes to college, uh, or excuse me, uh, college football pick'em. A lot of trap games, though. There's a lot of trap games, and before you know it, the Big Ten will be back, uh, at least back in the AP rankings, and then back playing a full slate of games. Uh, not much going on news-wise in college football, um, other than uh, Jackson State getting a new head coach, if you heard the news. Uh, what are That the... was ridiculous. Is it, though? Okay, no, let me be clear. The hiring is not ridiculous, but the intro he had to his press conference was stupid. That's the only really word I can use to describe it. He had like a police escort motorcade. 
with the band leading him out, you know, fireworks, music, and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, Dion, we get it. You were good, but has he ever been a coach of a team? I mean, I don't know, but if uh, if I'm ever hired, I want something like that. Jared, Where's my fireworks? That. that... I want you to blow the whole athletic budget on my entrance. And that was it. that was actually the point. Is they said Jackson State spent all their budget on Dion's entrance, which is probably true. But I mean, it. I just, I really don't know if he's going to be a good coach because he's never really showcased it to me that he could be, and specifically a head coach. Like if, he's if be he was hired in as, interviews, if he was hired as Florida State's defensive backs coach, oh, I'd believe that because Dion's one of the best to ever do it at cornerbacks so that would work but to just be the overall head coach doesn't really seem like it's going to work however i mean if in, if nba 2k has taught me anything is that a player retired term coach always works out well i was gonna say that's always thing is in, the, in the nba it actually is a thing and it and i guess the you know eventually in football it will become a thing as more players retire and like i brady being a coach in 10 years doesn't surprise me or wouldn't surprise me so i mean i guess that could be a thing we're heading towards but uh, deon sanders being the first uh domino to fall is interesting maybe he'll um coach the mascot to not celebrate in the end zone uh some other big culture ball news this is coming from a starter's perspective uh garantano is opening up as Duvall's starting quarterback undisputed uh, Mac Jones, obviously not surprising, is the starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide. Miles Brennan is will be the LSU starting quarterback, replacing national champion winning and Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Joe Burrow. And some other news as well. Obviously, we, we probably all saw the news about Mike Norvell. His stint in Florida State, not off to a great start. Uh, not only yeah. were they surrendered Cobra against Georgia Tech, but then he went down with the coronavirus. Hopefully, uh, he does. He, he you know he recovers and he, and he's well and his family as well as well. Uh, but he is going to miss the Miami game, which I can only imagine is not going to end well for Florida State because Miami no, looks not. at least competent now. Let the record show. Don't I you bring up Brett Lashley. That... I promise you. I'll choke you. <laughs> Their <laughs> offense has been great, and nobody is talking about the fact that he is the reason. He has completely reworked that offense to focus on their strengths. Like, he's not made um, – like, remember when um, when Holgerson went to Houston or when Kevin Sumlin went to Arizona, and both of them completely changed the offense, and the Arizona project completely destroyed Khalil Tate's Heisman run because Kevin Sullivan was convinced that Khalil Tate throwing it 60 times a game was a great idea. And then... Really? Really? You taking pictures, bro? No, he's playing crickets, Jared. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear that part. Remember Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I'll Go play on. it again for you. I've got, I've got nothing, nothing, nothing else to say. It doesn't matter. I get it. You guys don't want to be presented with the facts. It's okay. It's fine. The it's facts? Fine. Alex, the only fact that you presented us in the last... How long is this recording so far? The <laughs> fact that you presented in the last 43 minutes and 25 seconds is that you may have dementia. That's the only thing I've gotten so far. <laughs> All right. Fine. Look, Miami's played well, but I, I don't want to write down on pen and paper, 
right? Well, you don't write down on pen and paper. But I don't want to write down on paper with my pen that Rhett what? Lashley is the <laughs> is the reason yet, okay? I mean, he, he is. just changed but... that? I don't know. It didn't sound right to me. Instead of pen and paper, which is like the most used term, you went to paper with my pen. That's not the crazy thing I've ever done, so. I know, but still, that one just, that was just kind of weird. Is Rhett Lashley the reason why the offense turned around? Yes. Maybe. Yes. It's two games into the season. I, I don't want to Have you say done yes. your experiments, Alex? I don't think you've really tested your hypothesis. As an, okay. as yeah, an Auburn fan, I know how much the first two games of the season means jack squat. I don't I don't know if the sample size is good enough because my, my I've been skeptical of Miami ever since twenty seventeen when they looked like a playoff team and proceeded to That's true. Lose back now look, thirty point games. I'm not saying that Rhett Lashley has single handedly made Miami a great team or anything. I'm just saying if you watch them play and you look at the numbers, he has changed the offense. They barely threw the ball in their first game and ran the ball like crazy, which obviously is a Rhett Lashley input thing because where did he come from? So, I mean, yes, also he has definitely improved the offense because obviously last year they were terrible and this year he's using their strengths. But still, I think that acting like he is no reason for the change and no reason for the success is just, you know, doing it for the sake of the meme. Which I just... I do want to see if we're going to have the same tune about Rhett Lashley when the season ends. I mean, if they come out being nine and – well, okay, how many games are they going to play? Uh, they play ten, right? Um, but they have out of conference, so I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> Some other football news that happened. Uh, okay, here's one. Uh, Texas Tech running back. Sir Roderick, like Sir Roderick, like S-A and then Sir Roderick. Roderick? Are you doing that in a British accent? Is that what no, I'm sorry? not. This, is, this Sir, isn't an accent thing anymore, okay? <laughs> Sir Roderick. Or Sir Greg and Sir Manny. Sir Roderick Thompson oh. was <laughs> yeah, charged that one was, day that was street terrible. racing. <laughs> Wait, Jared, what are you talking about? Sir Roderick Thompson was charged with street racing on Monday. Who is that? <laughs> The Texas Tech it's running Greg back. I'm Hefley's talking about brother Alex. <laughs> <laughs> he has oh a my band. God. Man, my dementia theory actually is kicking into high gear now, isn't it? How am I supposed to know who Texas Tech's running back is? Because I was talking about it. Because Jared, I ra- I rarely listen to you, so I was talking about it. Does he have a it. hearing problem too? My point being is that Sir Roderick Thompson was charged with <laughs> st- <laughs> was charged with. Street racing on Monday. Are you sure you're not doing an accent? No, I'm from. <laughs> that is his name. It is so S-A- Roderick Thompson. <laughs> it is Roderick. <laughs> say, say it. Say his full name again, Jared. I don't want to anymore. <laughs> Wait, how do you spell it? So Roderick. <laughs> how do you spell it? It's literally capital S A. And then capital R, and then like Roderick, like from Diary of a Wimpy Kid, I think his name is Roderick. It's like that. I'm also funny about this. You just said Sir Roderick, and then you go Thompson. I don't know, I just think it's really funny. Yes, you need help. And he's expected to play this Saturday as well. So I just want to. I mean, technically, everything. Didn't they barely beat Houston Baptist? 
I mean, but they're playing Texas this week, so. I mean, that's something they, they, can, they need all the help they can get. Horns down. I have a question. So if a, a college player is arrested and his bond is currently set at $2,500, he can't – how's he going to – if he doesn't have that money because he's a college student, how can he pay that? Because can the school bail him out? I feel like that's a legal line that school shouldn't cross is bailing out their own players. I mean – Well, like if they need him to play, what I'm do going do? to assume that a public institution cannot bail out their own players. But the generous boosters – but the boosters. Oh yeah, I forgot about Pat- that. Patrick Mahomes might have a little uh, money to spare from his from his coffers. That's true. I mean, the man just did sign a half a billion dollar contract. Might help Sir Roderick. I didn't say it like that. Uh, moving on oh, from moving on from college football <laughs> into the uh, let's go to Major League Baseball now. As we we wind down into the end of the regular season, postseason starts. I believe Saturday is no Sunday, somewhere around there. Wow, Jared, look this weekend. Yes, look. All I know is I saw the commercial for it, and it said like this weekend, and so I went with the weekend. Uh, the last slate of games are on Sunday, and then Tuesday, it looks like the American League wildcard series starts on the 29th. So that is when uh, that that's when things are popping off. Uh, for right now, things are staying pretty steady uh, between all the the divisions and such. And uh, I don't think we had a we don't we didn't have a clinch last night, but we did have. The Athletics winning the the West for the first time since 2013. Solid. Yeah, not, uh, not much on the front. The matchups right now. Um, looking at the playoff picture right now, it is in the AL. The Rays with a win last night took over the number one spot from the White Sox. White Sox bumped down to the two, so that is the number one Rays versus the number eight Blue Jays. The number two White Sox versus the number seven Indians. So those are two divisional matchups right out the gate. The number three A's, who just picked up that AL West division crown versus the number six Astros, another divisional matchup. And then the rematch from last year, the number four Twins versus the number five Yankees. I almost combined those to make them the Twinkies. Um, in the NL, you have the number one Dodgers versus the number eight Phillies, looking to end a postseason drought there. Number two, Cubs versus the number seven, Reds. The Reds back in the postseason, surprising a lot of people. Number three, Braves, who are still trying to get that number two spot. Currently matched up, oh no, with the Cardinals. Oh, and the number four, Padres, the people's team, and Tadis Jr. looking to make some noise in October versus another postseason drought coming to an end, the number five, Marlins, who have pretty much locked it up to play in October. So that's an exciting uh, 16 teams to have playing in October. You've got a combination of new and fun teams it's like the Reds, Marlins, Padres, Blue Jays, uh, the Twins even, uh, throwing the Indians for good measure, as well as the Rays, who uh, came up a little bit short last year versus, I mean, you got your Blue Bloods. you got all, all, your, all the, uh, the MLB favorites. The Giants are currently do not hold a spot, but they are looking to come for the Phillies' eighth seed. But, I mean, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Braves, those are three big names. you got the Yankees and the Astros trying to avenge themselves as well. So 
got a lot of heavy hitters, and I really like the expanded playoff format because it's making the, the playoff chase a whole lot more interesting down the stretch. Jack, however, uh, go ahead, Alex. I was going to say something about the expanded playoff format. How do we feel about the fact that they're doing this? They're you know they're giving the top six seeds. They're doing the division winners in the second place division, uh, divisional teams, which puts the twenty seven and twenty seven Astros above the thirty and twenty four Indians and the twenty eight and twenty six Blue Jays. Like, does that? I mean, is I feel like that should be controversial because. I mean, that's, the Astros are getting are getting a better seating just because their division is garbage. That's going to be a problem if those teams meet in the World Series because they just announced the World Series seating or who's the home team, right? Who gets the bat last pretty much. It's not yeah. going to be determined on record, but their actual seating. So in that situation, oh, the no. Astros would be the home team or they would bat last in games one, two, and then six and seven in that situation over the Indians. Which, well, they're, they're, they're we can in the argue same, whether that's right or wrong. They're they're all in the National League, so that wouldn't or the American League, excuse me. So that wouldn't, yeah. uh, they wouldn't be in the World Series anyway. But, but that's that's yeah, because that just that seems like a bit of a flawed format to me. Just because again, you're giving credit like okay, so say the NFL did this with football, and like you would have the eight and eight Giants because they're in the worst division in football get ahead of the ten and six Seahawks or something like that. And like that seems like the same type of deal to me, which again I think would be a little more I mean that'd be just very controversial because you're again you're giving a team a higher seed just because their division is not good in essence. Also do to point out some breaking news that's happening in the NFL. He's back. Okay. Blake Wait. Uh, uh, um, um, come on, Jack, you got it. Antonio. What? No. No. It's Blake, Blake Bortles is signing Blake. with the Denver Broncos. Oh, <laughs> is he uh, actually signing? I thought it was not, he, he met with not, not Antonio Brown. He's not no, bad. That's not happening. No. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Blake Bortles signing with the Denver Broncos obviously because Drew Locke is out with an injury right now, and I they guess... They don't trust Jeff Driscoll? Jeff Driscoll, I mean, he, he needs somebody to back him up, I guess. Yes, that's right, that's <laughs> right. So, I mean, for right now, Blake Bortles is uh, back in uniform. Uh, as Jared, this, are you this sure? Be, yes. What? Yes, it just happened. It's, alert right here, Denver expected to sign Bortles. Okay, I just I not out of question. He's either. active as number two QB. Even like something from like Schefter, I didn't see anything. So that's what I was wondering. Schefter's sleeping while we awake. We eating, bro. I mean, Schefter did just We're tweet like now though about, but whatever. I'm just saying. Woj, Alex, I will. Yeah, we're Woj. Yeah. No. No. All right, we we drop news. All right. Okay, me, Jack, and Jared are Woj. You're yeah. a sham. That's fair. Alex is a sham in my book. Uh, so let's All talk right, Jared. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, we're still in Major League Baseball. Do we, do we get do we get baseball uh, for chess? Let me let me just let me just say the A's have become the first team to clinch a division title on Monday. Other teams to lock up a postseason berth are Los Doyers, the Rays, the White Sox, the Twins, the Yankees, and Padres. The Indians can officially join the AL playoff field. With a win or a Mariners loss on Tuesday, so it's probably going to happen. Other teams that can clinch today are the Cubs. They can get a postseason berth. The Rays can clinch the division today. The Braves can clinch the division today. And the Dodgers can get, I think, their ninth 
straight consecutive NL West crown today. Uh, no World Series to show for it. Funny how that works out. Be careful because uh, the Cardinals and Reds are currently tied in their division. So if something bad happens, switch out the Braves opponent with the Cardinals for the Reds. And, uh, That's right, yeah. Cardinals and Reds currently sitting at number six and number seven in the NL playoff field, either matching up with the Cubs or Braves currently. I'd rather want the Cubs, to be quite honest. I think I think oh, more like a Cubs-Cardinals uh, opening Cubs-Cardinals uh, playoff series. Is, have, have we seen that? We haven't seen that in a long time, have we? Uh, Jack, for those of us that are hockey illiterate, what happened in the Stanley Cup last night? All right, so the Stanley Cup Finals Game 2 was last night. We were looking at the Dallas Stars versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Stars took Game 1 pretty convincingly, but Tampa Bay came storming back in this Game 2, scoring three goals in the opening period and hanging on to that lead for the entire game. So Andre Vasilevsky standing on his head, putting up the brick wall and shutting out the Stars. uh, Well, not shutting them out, rather, but, but keeping them from scoring. The, the rest of the Tampa Bay offense kind of sputtered, but that three goals was enough as the Tampa Bay Lightning came away with a 3-2 victory over the Dallas Stars who tied the series 1-1. to uh, Three stars of the game were Victor Hedman, defenseman for Tampa Bay with two assists, Nikita Kucherov, a winger for Tampa Bay with two assists, and John Klingberg for Dallas with two assists. This was an extremely uh, evenly matched game. Uh, looking at the stats, it was... Um, Unbelievable. I mean, looking at the shots, it was 29 to 31, hits 50 to 51, faceoffs won 34 to 35, and penalty minutes 12 to 14. These guys, it was like looking in a mirror for both of these teams. Uh, lining up, scoring summary, Braden Point, his 10th goal of the postseason on the power play to open up scoring 10 minutes in, assisted by Nikita Kucherov and Victor Hedman. Uh, four minutes after that, Andre Palat, his ninth goal of the postseason. On the power play as well, once again, assisted by Kucherov. So Kucherov integral in the scoring here uh, last night. And then Kevin Shattenkirk, for good measure, 15 minutes in, makes it 3 nothing, and kind of puts the Dallas Stars in the coffin in the first period. Spirited effort by the Stars to come back. They score once again in the second period, 14 minutes in. Uh, Joe Pavelski, his 10th goal of the postseason, once again on the power play. So three of the Knights' five goals coming on the power play last night, so very lethal for both sides. And then with five minutes left in the third period, Matthias Janmark, his first goal of the postseason, took the Stars within within one, but unfortunately they could not complete the comeback. So the series is tied 1-1 heading into game three on Wednesday. And speaking of... Excuse me. Speaking of game threes, there's one tonight... And that is over in is. the NBA. As I, I would say, it's it's do or die for the Nuggets right now. But we've we've seen what they've done so far. But going down three zero is not the same thing as going down three one. <coughs> Lakers are six and a half point favorites. That game is at nine Eastern, eight Central on TNT. Lakers Nuggets Davis. This time the Nuggets their logo's gonna be on the court. I don't know if that's gonna mean anything, but that's what's happening. What'd you say? Who's on the court? I said the Nuggets logo is going to be on the court, but I don't know if that means much. Well, I mean, they're at home then, so home court. They're oh. winning this night. They're winning tonight. The Davis tonight, guarantee. The, okay, you're not Charles Barkley. Stop it. That was the joke, so, I mean. 
Who do you have in this game? Your nugs. I mean, wait, I I'll be right the... back. Oh lordy, hurry up and just pick before he comes back. Uh, uh, I want that his door. <laughs> what? LeBron James is at his door. <laughs> it's like that the, the that picture of Anthony Davis looking behind the curtain. Alex, who are you picking? I mean, I want the Nuggets to win, but I know that in reality... Let's go Nuggets! Oh my gosh, wow, what a throwback. I mean, I know the Lakers are probably going to win this game. Just because the Nuggets... Their chance was last was last uh, game, game two, but then Miles Plumlee decided he just he wanted to forget how to play defense, and, well, that worked out great. So you know, I thought I was going to be upset about whatever Davis was going to pull out, but I always respect the baby blue jerseys, so... Let's go mellow. You know my brother got a Jokic jersey in, like, 2014? He's been a Jokic fan since before Jokic was even Jokic. I could claim this is a Jokic jersey, honestly. He could. I mean, did it say Melo? Did it say Anthony on the back? I got it at the thrift store. It's an Anthony, yeah. Okay. Why well. did you just – you could have turned all the way around. You didn't have to – How is this bad? Is this good for you, Alex? No. Is that good for you? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm on a couch. I can't turn around. I don't want to see you straddle your couch at 10 a.m. in the morning, okay? I didn't either, but Alex really wanted to for some reason. <laughs> Y'all have a weird relationship. All right, Jack, who you He's picking? the one that has the weird relationship with me. <laughs> Jack? Hey, I think if the – I mean, if the Nuggets are going to win at any point, it's going to be the first game back on uh, back on the home court. It's got to be. If they're going to take one and get a gentleman's sweep, as you guys have dubbed it, uh, it's I don't know be- who you guys is. That's a, that's a Davis it's, thing. It's me. It's me. <laughs> so, I guess, I mean, I'm going Lakers because I don't, don't trust the Nugs, okay? Not at all. They got to okay. win one game to be down 3-1. Yeah, that's true. But they're not going to do that. They're not going to get in that opportunity. And there's no way. If the Lakers win this game, there's no way you're going you're gonna to convince me the Nuggets are going to win four straight. Stupid. Not going to let you get the chance. Yeah. <laughs> not going to let you get the chance. Uh, so that's the NBA. Uh, game three tonight to Lakers and Nuggets. The Nuggets, look, Nuggets are definitely going to win. There's Melo right there. Uh, Melo's at home doing whatever else he's doing. But that was that's Mellow Denver Mellow. That's okay. him with the dread. And the what what did Denver Mellow do in his time in Denver? Ouch. Uh, he made it to the playoffs a few times. Congrats. Uh, and then tomorrow will be Game Four Celtics Heat, as Boston is a three point favorite over uh on their side. Going back to college football. Uh, now that we kind of ran through all the big leagues, SEC, I just want to talk about the SEC and kind of just break down uh, what we are about to see uh, when the conference gets back going. Uh, we have all these games. We have Florida, Ole Miss. I don't know what Jack's in the chat because I can't open it, <laughs> but I assume something funny. You should screen yeah. share and look at it. No, I, I no. It's not bad, Jared. Do it. Oh, I know it's not bad, but it, it, it wouldn't technically work in the setup right now. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. There's Florida, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU, Georgia, Arkansas, Alabama, Missouri, Vanderbilt, A&M, and Tennessee, South Carolina. Obviously, the SEC is sticking with their breakdown of uh, divisions. 
So it's not like they're throwing everybody into one. But uh, who are the, the two favorites that come out of their divisions, uh, in your opinion, this early in the season? Um, I think Bama, Florida is your safe pick. For me, that's if, it, if I—I mean, if it was—it was life or death. Gun to your head, who you pick? Who is Florida's quarterback this year? Uh, because Frank's got hurt last year, so is he not back yet? Is it? Uh, is it then? Is it then those two? Uh, the uh, what's? Oh, I can't remember the two names of the guy. Trashed. Uh, Trashk. Trashk, and then that other guy, Emory <laughs> Jones. Jared had a. a... A Freudian slip there. <laughs> but if those I hmm. I'm always inclined to pick Georgia just because Florida can't figure out a way to beat Georgia lately. So I'll say Georgia out of the east. And then out of the west. You know, I want to pick Auburn, but go ahead. But I'm it. not going to. Go ahead um, Bama. I mean they always find a way to win no matter who, how much talent they have to replace. And just because the rest of the West, I mean, Texas A&M is, you know, they're going to find a way to go 8-4 and four in a 10-game season. And, <laughs> you know, LSU, I think they could find some success. But, again, they lost everything. They didn't lose a few things. They, you know, they aren't 2010 Auburn. They lost everything. And I really don't know how they're going to come back and be as good as they were last year, even close to it. So, I think yeah. It, I mean, it, it's back. It's back to the drawing board for LSU. I mean, I've, I've said it before. The only thing they're returning is Coach O, the coffee maker, because really they. They're. I mean, they're back to the to the LSU teams of old, where we're probably gonna. I mean, they recruit well. We're gonna see some great defense, but without a quarterback to lead that team, we're gonna see a lot of uh, ugly LSU games like we've seen in the past. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of games below a combined twenty points for both teams. I'd say. And I do not miss those games at all. Which is funny when uh, when Jared mentioned that Garantano was starting for Tennessee. Is it crazy for me to think that Tennessee is heading towards that direction of being the LSU of the past, just having good defense and no offense whatsoever? Because like Garantano is not terrible, but he's very much a you know Jordan Jefferson quality quarterback, yeah. where he's just like eh. painfully average, maybe a, a bit little, above it. It's a little disrespectful to, to compare Tennessee. That's true. To That's true. Considering their defensive performance last year against the likes of BYU. That's no, that's true. That's true. I'm just saying. I think they're heading towards yeah. that. In like maybe Medi- three years, we could see that mediocre quarterbacks. Uh, Davis, how about you? Who's your uh, your your picks coming out of each division? I mean, Alex kind of stole mine. So, well, you can pick it again. You can pick it again, or you can go off the cuff and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna be Mizzou. It's gonna be Mizzou. There you go. That's off the cuff for you." We say golf the cuff, not being idiotic. I'm just saying. I think that, you know, A&M could win it. It's just that we know they won't. You know, like, they have the talent and the potential, they have the coach to do it. We just know that they won't because that's just A&M's thing. You know, it's like like Auburn with their defense probably should have made bigger waves in the division last year than they did. But we just know that they weren't going to just because, you know, that's what you almost expect. And I think A&M is the same type of thing where, like, you know, they have the talent again. They also and they, they, they have a favorable schedule. They open at home against Vanderbilt 
They are at South Carolina on November 7th, and they are at Tennessee a week later. So those are their East opponents. So, uh, as, I mean, in terms of what you could get, they did pretty well for themselves. I mean, they avoided Georgia, Florida, and Kentucky off their schedule. So yeah. if, if, if Wait, this is, A&M did? Yes. They have Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Tennessee. I see, I see them as playing Florida on week three. Oh, they play four East teams. My bad. They well, that's maybe they'll maybe Florida's gonna break out the, the, the Gator Green uniform Oh. The Gator Green? Do you mean the camouflage thing that happened? Well it was it was gator print. Maybe it's, it's camouflage if you're hanging out with actual gators. That was one of the strangest <laughs> But you don't? I will say with that schedule in mind though, I mean Texas and I think their their uh their floor is going seven and three. I think they should not get, do any worse than seven and three. With the losses being Auburn, Bama, and Florida. I don't know. There's a lot of potential losses on this schedule. Yeah, they got I, Tennessee, I see, a, LSU. A&M, worst case scenario, A&M goes 5-5. Five and five. I mean, they could get got by a couple of these teams. I mean, they can, but I'm saying that they shouldn't. Yeah, they like, shouldn't, but when you're talking about a floor, I think a ceiling might be might be 8-2, and two, floor 5-5, five and five, because when you got Bama and Florida back-to-back, on weeks two and three, I don't see them coming out of there with two victories. I mean, I was saying that was gonna their their seven three was gonna be um, Auburn, Alabama, and Florida. And mark my I just words, I don't think they should lose to anybody else. Mark my words, they will lose to one of the old, uh, one of the Mississippi teams, either Old Miss or Mississippi State. They're gonna lose to one yeah. of them. I don't and know who we'll, yet. We'll see what happens uh, with Tennessee, but right now, November fourteenth at Tennessee is not a game I want to be in if I'm the that's a, that's a scary thing on my schedule. It's a game. It's a winnable game, but playing in Knoxville in November, if you're a team from Texas, I don't know. And that's if Tennessee even makes it to November 14th. Their schedule. They open up against Missouri, or they open up against South Carolina, and you know they're a three and a half point favorite on the road. That's fine. Then they get Missouri, and that's whatever. But then they got Georgia, Kentucky, and Alabama in the next three weeks. They may not make it to November 14th. Yeah, I mean. Very likely not. I mean, they could go one and four in that stretch and then be a buster the rest of the season and spoil a couple of guys' parties. Don't you say that. <laughs> Don't you say that. Not when they're on our schedule. Yeah. I'm just I'm gonna keep saying it until it doesn't happen. Uh I would ask who the dark horse in each division is, but I feel like we, we probably all have a unanimous uh take on that. I mean, in the West, it'd be. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. You name I, I mean, Auburn's oh. always a dark horse to randomly beat everybody, but I that's would say, yeah. My dark horses are playing on week one. That's Auburn and Kentucky. Yeah. The East doesn't have anybody else that can really compete. And again, even if Tennessee could compete, their division is so awful. Or not the division there. I mean, their schedule. It's so awful, as you said, Jared. Yeah, Kentucky. I think Kentucky's the three in the East right now, and maybe I mean w- when you're playing ten games, the the the, the volatility of the schedule where with, with tiebreakers is 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 to, is to the point where you could you could maybe get beat by Florida and Georgia, have two losses, but Florida and Georgia having losses on their own right off tiebreakers when you're playing the likes of Alabama and the entire West schedule. The tiebreakers could fall in a certain way that Kentucky 
once the dust clears, finds their way on top of the division, despite not being the best team. And we've seen that in the past. Uh, with, with Missouri winning the East after getting goose egg 38 nothing by Georgia earlier in the regular season. The East is not always the best team wins, and I think the 10-game schedule is going to exacerbate that. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of question marks in the SEC, at least the first week. Um, I don't want to get into too far of who's most likely to be upset in week one. I also feel like I don't like that answer uh, <laughs> that would come from that. But that's true. The SEC is definitely in a uh, in a great position to bounce back, and uh, we're, we're going to see a lot of fun teams. Uh, for a lot of people, college football starts this week because we get to see the the meat of the ACC schedule, uh, along with uh, the SEC coming back, and then the next week after that, we'll start seeing a lot of good games. Uh, a there, lot of I, uh, my upset pick would not be Kentucky over Auburn; it would one hundred percent be South Carolina over Tennessee. Really? Yes. I mean, South Carolina has a new quarterback from Colorado State. He can sling it, and Tennessee has a awful secondary. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, uh, Actually, uh, my my upset pick would be uh, Vanderbilt over Texas A&M. Yeah, uh, I've got Vanderbilt winning by forty. So, no, no, A&M's gonna it. start five and zero, and then finish eight and four. As <laughs> yeah, yeah. As as is the standard. That's good. A, yeah, that's no, good. A, A&M's all all about tradition, and they got a great one right there. <laughs> also, um, something I don't think we are, uh, I think we're taking maybe for granted is Mac Jones and Alabama just being fine because Bama's been fine for so many years with their quarterbacks transitioning in to the next generation and whatnot and the next starter. But I mean. I'm not going to say we're going to have a Jeremy Johnson situation where Mac Jones is going to be so much worse than he was in the limited playing time we saw him in, but he could, I mean, he's not going to be better than Tua and he's not going to be better than Jalen Hurts probably. So I think that could really affect that team throughout the year. Plus again, their defense is not as good as it's been in the past. Yes. But at the same time, when you're dealing with a team like Alabama, and I think we saw shades of this in the iron bowl. And the reason I picked Alabama to win the iron bowl is the fact that when you have the receiving core that Alabama has, you could throw a tackle sled in the pocket and still pass for 400 yards. It, it, it's about it's about it's about the receivers, not the quarterback. If you're Alabama, and that's and, true. And, and we, I, I, I just they did lose two. They did, they lost two, but I mean yeah, they gained three. So it's like, I mean, it's like, it's like a shark's mouth. You pop two teeth out, three are there to replace it. So I don't, see, I don't see Bama getting winded by this by the loss of Rugs or the loss of Jacobs or. Is Waddle still around? It really doesn't matter because they're they're four deep at every position. Like that's, for Alabama, I mean Alabama easily can walk back into the college football playoff with Mac Jones, and I have no reason to to doubt that. Yeah, he lost the Iron Bowl, but he still put up pretty solid numbers. And then he went, and I believe he just picked apart Michigan in the bowl game. So yeah, but that's Michigan. It's still a decent enough Michigan team. Uh, so it's not like he's going around beating down on like Vanderbilt or somebody. I mean, Davis, do you need to do like laundry or something? No, this is for the jersey I'm wearing. Oh, I'm just playing with it. Okay. Well, is there anything else we need to mention before we get out of here? Honestly, I think we covered it all pretty well. Well, I guess I did yeah. it for. I mean, FPI likes Ohio State to win the title now that the uh, – now that the Yeah, probably because Kirk Herbstreit actually coded FPI. 
when, it, when in doubt, I'm not listening to Kirk Herbstreit anymore. Hold up, wait, wait. This after, reminds after me. After his, after his, we're not playing football in the fall tape back in April. Yeah, that was that was tough. I, I do remember that. Also, did y'all see um, Desmond Howard's like college football playoff picks? He picked what? Oklahoma State, right? Yeah, with Oklahoma State. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he picked Oklahoma State to make it to the national championship and beat Clemson. Not 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 to win, but to beat Clemson to get to the national title game. I mean, look. As a man who loves his takes to be hot, I appreciate it. But boy, that's hot. I can't stand Desmond Howard. That's hot. Jared, Jared, you mentioned uh I think we can end on this, is that you mentioned you're a man and we'll uh We'll, 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 we'll turn the clock back to September 22nd, 2007. On this day, Mike Gundy's amazing, I'm a man, I'm 40 rant, entered the Hall of Fame as, as, a, as one of the legendary coach press conferences. And to this day, we'll, we'll uh, see Gundy, what... con- <laughs> Gundy continues to bring it. Did you see him trying to operate the microphone? Uh, at halftime last week, he, he was he was having a boomer moment. It was hilarious. In, in fairness, Mans was definitely already angry because his team is barely beating Tulsa. So, or at least well, was it Tulsa? We're gonna see how much of a man he is when uh, West Virginia comes in on their banjos and, and they're gonna try to spoils the college football down. playoff party for Desmond Howard. Yeah, I um, mean, how could he? And I don't West think we get... West Virginia's offense looks great. I mean, granted they were playing. I, I don't even know, but <laughs> I don't even know who that was. But they they look great. God, I'm gonna playing, see who it was. They're playing. Uh uh uh. Come on, Jared, you got it. It wasn't Austin P, was it? I don't think it was. Eastern Kentucky, but they had the, they, they had the same logo as Austin P, like pretty much. Boy, man. Uh, yeah, West Virginia. They they rushed for 329 yards and threw for 295 as well. Hey. And you know, wow. who's leading, you know who's leading the charge as the head coach ever at West Virginia? Who is it? What do you mean, who is it? I can't remember. It's a homeboy from UAB. Neil Brown. Yep. From UAB, really? Yeah, we went there, what, last year? I've forgotten about that. Hey, Stan Alabama, no, he's from, represent. He's from Troy. He's from huh? Troy, wow. That's a, what did I say? You UAB. said UAB. Oh. Uh, Troy UAB, like the same thing in my head. Uh, old but, take. But to end the show, uh, just a reminder that Carson Wentz was booed at home with no fans. <laughs> so, just want to bring they that up. Hey, classy out. Philly. And uh, if, uh, if they're not careful, Jalen Hurts may be the starting quarterback in Philadelphia before too long. Oh, God. That will be interesting. Hey, you said that. Then he'll be then he'll be behind no line. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, I was about to say none of it matters if they have no offensive line. Alright, well that does it for the extra point today. Uh it's been a fun one. Alex, do you want another rendition of happy birthday before we go? I would rather watch Washington go one in fifteen for the rest of the year. Isn't that uh, already like, gonna happen? Thus your birthday wish may come true. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean yeah, that's fair. Dreams do come true, Alex. Alex, if if you knew that us singing happy birthday would mean Washington would win out the rest of the season and go 15-1, would you sit through it again? Yes. All right, that means we're not Wait, should we, should we let Alex say anything since it is his birthday, just, like, finish it off for us? 
Uh, yeah, Alex, how about you close the show? I'm gonna shut up. I'm gonna shut up and I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up and dribble. All right, you close the show. <laughs> all right. Well, um, it's been great. Uh, back to you, Jared. Put more effort into it. <laughs> Come on, close I, the show. I don't have anything to say to close the show. Alex, it's, I need it's, a not, it's not that hard. Just, you you thank everybody for being here and and then you say we'll see you tomorrow. Is that so? Hard? I won't see them tomorrow because I won't be on the show tomorrow. Alex, why do you make this so hard? <laughs> you know what? What? There we go. Yeah. Right, so, <laughs> for Davis Carroll and Jack Hart. I'm Jed Doe saying thank you for joining us at Extra Point here on WEGL 911 and WEGLFM.com. Also for Alex, who had his birthday, uh, but I kicked him out because honestly, I'm just tired of him. So, no, Lord. See you tomorrow, Jared. Hold up. Adios. Oh, he came back in. Back. Did you just lose connection or something, Alex? That was weird. Yeah, yeah, just a glitch in the system, actually. Weird morning. Do you want to end the show yet, Alex? Um, sure. Why not? Do it. Uh, okay. So thank you everyone for joining us on the extra point on WGL 91.1. Uh, we'll see you next time, I guess. Hopefully Washington will actually have a win by then. And yeah. Thank you, Davis, Jared, and Jack also for joining as well. Except not Davis. Actually, I take that back. That was horrible, but we'll get him next yeah. time. <laughs> I know. All right. Yeah, exactly. So, I, knew, I knew it was going to be. I warned you. I warned for you. For Darius Kell, Jack too, Hart, crazy. and Alex Houston, I'm Jared Doe saying thank you for joining us at Extra Point here on WEGL 91.1 FM and WEGLFM.com.